2: Welcome everyone to Everything Evolves. Uh, This is our debut episode and you are now listening to the world's only podcast devoted exclusively to Evolve Wrestling. Probably. We are a proud member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Uh, I'm going to be one of your hosts. I'm Aaron Bentley and along with me is Aaron Taub. Aaron, how are you doing? I'm good as hell, man.
1: I feel like a Roderick <laughs> Strong hot tag. I am just fired up to uh, get these takes off and uh, put on like a great show for the wonderful listeners here on the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network.
2: Excellent. Uh, if you're looking for us, you can, of course, find us here. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter. We are at EvolvePod. Uh, feel free to banter with us there. DM us if you have the hot scoops. Uh, or, you know, just for fun, kind of the idea of this show is going to be that we're going to run a lot like Evolve does. We're going to show up twice a month. We'll be here the week before the Evolve weekends to preview the shows, get you ready, and then we'll come back uh, early in the next week after the Evolve shows to give you a review. But we're not going to just, you know, go through the matches, run them down. Uh, we plan to give you a much bigger picture of what's going on as the best we can, talk about the storylines. I think that's something that Aaron and I are both uh, interested in that's what kind of draws us to evolve so we plan to talk about that a lot uh, and as best we can talk about how evolve fits into the broader wrestling business and how evolve shows us for lack of a better word how the business is evolving uh, so Aaron what are you hoping to, that we can talk about on this show
1: Well, uh, I'm hoping that this podcast can be a companion of sorts for people who follow Evolve. And and maybe if you're new to Evolve and you don't follow it much, I'm hoping that this podcast can be something that uh, sort of explains what we're so excited about and what fascinates us about this promotion. Um, If you're like a lot of people in our section of the wrestling bubble and you kind of follow Evolve and you're like generally aware of what's going on, but you mostly pop in for big shows or big matches. Uh, we hope that we can, like, fill in some of those gaps for you so you get more out of it when you watch Evolve. And uh, if you are a hardcore Evolve head, we hope we can sort of scratch that hardcore itch and give you our, our opinions. And you can square them up with your opinions and yell at us on Twitter when we're wrong. And, and I think it'll be a good time. So I, I think it's kind of a, enough uh, of us telling people what we're going to do. And I guess it's, it's time to, to start showing them. Uh, we got a big weekend coming up for Evolve this weekend. Uh, on Saturday and Sunday. Aaron, uh, tell us what's going on. Yeah, so this weekend
2: is Evolve 84 and 85, and uh, one of the biggest stories uh, regarding this weekend is a continued expansion of Evolve into uh, new parts of the country. Going, If you go back to May 2013 for Evolve 20, and you go up to April 2016, Evolve 59, all the shows in between there were either in New York, Florida, or wherever WrestleMania was that year. Uh, They didn't really go out uh, beyond those borders. Now, starting with Evolve 60, they went into Joppa, Maryland, which is outside of Baltimore, and then Evolve 65 to Melrose, Massachusetts, which is a little bit outside of Boston. But now we are seeing an expansion into what people call the Midwestern part of the country, Chicago and Detroit. What do you think, Eric?
1: Do you think this is the right time to break into these new areas? Yeah, I think so. I think it's a promotion with a lot of momentum right now. I think that, you know, they had the the big shocking WWE deal uh, last year, and then they started off running shows on Flow Slam in November. And, and and now also they're adding a ton of top talent, whether it's Keith Lee or Donovan Dijak, Leo Rush, Kyle O'Reilly. They, they have a lot going for them right now. And it feels as if this is the right time to push forward. It feels like they're going to be, You know, if not a completely nationally touring brand, at least they're making a push to try to cover some more space. Um, And I think that that's that's good for them. If they're trying to sell subscriptions to the Flow Slam uh, network, uh, then it's good to be running in different places. And you get those people into your shows and then hopefully uh, you get them hooked on your stars and your storyline. So they have to tune in when you go back to New York or, or to Florida um, and another thing too is personally from a personal perspective I think anytime you get them away from those dead Florida crowds and uh, get them somewhere else where people are a little more receptive and a little more responsive uh, I think that's a good thing.
2: Yeah, I know I think you're right about that. It, obviously, the of shows are a lot better when they're in New York and we know what Chicago crowds can be like. One thing I've noticed is that starting in Chicago and then some of the upcoming shows that they've announced they're going to be partnering with local uh, indie companies uh, to basically run shows on the same day or use some of their talent uh, to try to help them. You think that's a good idea? You think that will help uh, trying to bring in more fans?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that if you can work with people who have already established a a foothold like a freelance wrestling in Chicago, uh, that's a helpful thing to do. I I think that it's kind of a, a, a weird space where everyone in our bubble knows what Evolve is. But I'm sure if you were just walking around in Chicago and stopping people on the, st- I mean, even if you were stopping people on the street in their home base of, of you know, Queens, New York, it's it's a pretty niche thing. So I, I think that it's definitely good that they're sort of working with local promotions to get the word out. And in the past, we've seen some of these sh- the, sh- the early shows. I don't think that's the case. I haven't seen anything announced. I don't think that free- freelance uh, will be on the Evolve on the uh, Flow Slam Network, rather. But in the past, like when they've Run with uh, Beyond Wrestling, like those shows were on the network. So you add more, you know, in the future if they continue partnering with these organizations, um, there's an opportunity to, you know, get more content on the network. And yeah, I think it's I think it's probably a good thing for for both companies.
2: All right, now here's a concern I have, or you know, from Evolve's perspective. So we've seen some issues with WWE, uh, for example. You know, they announced Evolve 84 that they're going to run in the Chicago area, and boom, WWE announces they're going to run NXT the same day. So, Evolve has to move around a little. I just wonder if there's a concern as Evolve expands is if they get too big, are they in danger of WWE coming down on them harder?
1: Yeah, I guess, but that's, like, the problem with everyone in this industry right now. Like, <laughs> WWE is such a giant behemoth. They have so many resources, um, and if they want to squash really anyone, I mean— Ring of Honor is the exception because maybe maybe because they have a giant corporation behind them and they're going to fight them with their lawyers if they try to take their talent. Um, but even then like Ring of Honor doesn't even really need talent because of that they have that huge television footprint. But pretty much everyone else if WWE wants to like make sure you're like not really doing well, they can do that. So I don't think it's a concern specifically for evolve and I think that there's a very healthy Middle ground where this can be a, a thriving, healthy promotion without threatening WWE. You know they can put on great shows and maybe get to a place. You know who knows if they continue growing, where they're drawing maybe a thousand people, where it's it's uh, it's giving uh, WWE. It's in it, from from their end. Uh, Evolve is giving high quality indie talent a place to work on their on their act and their characters and their wrestling and learn how to wrestle in front of live audiences before. You know WWE scoops them up and takes them to NXT, and and at you know if they're drawing decent sized indie crowds, they're really not going to do anything to threaten uh, WWE. I think I think that though the one thing where where we've seen where WWE does want to sort of come crashing down on other promotions is um, making it so that they're kind of the only game in town as far as giving people giving wrestlers good money. You know they want to keep those wages down and sort of cut out those other options people have to to make a good living uh, outside of them. But I don't know. I, I don't really see it as a huge issue because I don't, you don't get the sense that, you know, evolve's not trying to be a competitor to WWE. It's not like TNA, you know, 10 years ago where they really had their sights set on them. I, I think that this company is going to try to grow slowly and steadily and put on good shows. Uh, and so, yeah, I don't think it's super concerning uh, if you're a fan of Evolve.
2: Okay. All right. Well, we've talked a little bit about the business. Uh, I want to talk about the matches a little more and these cards that are coming up this weekend. Uh, Evolve 84 happens on Saturday. It's going to be at 3.30 Eastern time, 2.30 Central uh, at the Summit Park District in Summit, Illinois. And then Evolve 85 is the next day at 8 p.m. at the Monahan Knights of Columbus Hall in Livonia, Michigan. Both, of course, are available on flowslam.tv. Okay, the the big wrestling. Well, I guess this is a somewhat of a meta uh, idea, but the big story to me. It always is. It it always is. Sure. Uh, But the big story from that perspective to me is the relative presentation of this new WWN championship versus the old Evolve championship. If you're new to Evolve, if you're checking out this podcast and you don't know a lot about Evolve, you know, forever, the main title in the promotion was the Evolve Championship. And here recently, as, which I'm sure we'll get into more, uh, Zach Sabre Jr. kind of overcame a, a long-term process where uh, he eventually rose to becoming the champion. And it overcame Timothy Thatcher, who was the longtime champion. Uh, now, about the same time, I think on the next, the next set of shows, uh, while we were in Orlando, WWN crowned a new WWN champion. They had a match in the main event of the WWN Super Show, and Matt Riddle came out the victor and is your new WWN champion. Of course, Riddle and Saber have kind of been the two big guys in the promotion, and now they both hold titles. So to me, it's hard to tell uh, how these titles are, where they stand relative to each other, how they're going to be presented going forward. And I think this weekend is going to tell us a lot about that. So the first night of all 84, we're going to see Matt Riddle versus Kyle O'Reilly and Zach Saber is going to defend his championship against Ethan page. How do you think these two matches are going to play into the way that uh, the titles are uh, placed against each other?
1: Well, I guess we'll see what, what winds up being in the main event. And, and I mean, from my perspective, it feels like the WWN title will continue to get top billing. It, it got top billing, uh, the last shows, the last show in Brooklyn. And I mean, just sort of like, if you were to take a literalist perspective, right? A champion of all the WWN brands would be greater than a champion of just the Evolve brand. But yeah, I guess, well, and also I, I think that, you know, Matt Riddle versus Kyle O'Reilly is really a super match, right? It's it's a it's a, a match of two sort of big stars, whereas Zack Sabre Jr. versus Ethan Page is really like a storyline match. I think that if you're just jumping into Evolve, you might not be as fired up about that match, but if you follow this company regularly, you're like we'll get to it a little later, but i'm I'm extremely hype. Um, so I don't know I, what do you think about about all this?
2: Well, it struck me as weird from the beginning because to me, while Matt Riddle was you know part of the hard thing about this podcast is at some points we're going to have to assume that you know a little bit about what's going on and other times we're trying to,
1: try to explain it to you. But yeah, I, but trying I, to explain to like a normal person, the difference between evolve WWN and flow yes. slam is like the most hilarious yes. and convoluted thing, but I uh, well, continue.
2: Well, I was getting ready to talk about catch and I realized I, I can't oh, realize catch point. Yeah. Uh, well, it's about sure competition, Aaron. Well, sure. Sure. So uh, I guess that's all I can tell you is that catch point is about competition Uh, But, you know, Matt Riddle had been kind of, well, I said this to you the other day, he'd kind of been on Catchpoint Island for a while and away from uh, the main things that were going on as far as for the title, the main parts of the promotion related to the title. So to me, Sabre kind of became the face of Evolve in a lot of ways. And especially when he's the one who overcomes Tim Thatcher, who was Evolve for so long, was the one person that you really could identify with Evolve. And so for Sabre to overcome him and just, I mean, I was watching on flow slam, but the feeling in, in that building that night when Sabre won, it's what it felt like was that this is the guy in this promotion. Right. And then right after that, we see uh, Matt Riddle become the new WWN champion. And obviously he's a big indie star right now. So to me, that was the money match. The, the big match was Sabre and Riddle going after each other for the Evolve championship. So when you throw in this other title, I just don't know where the two guys stand. Right. So uh, I guess I'm just fascinated. Look, when he, he faces Kyle O'Reilly, you know, uh, Dave Meltzer reported in The Observer that O'Reilly is a short timer in uh, WWN and Evolve, which makes sense. And they wanted to kind of hot shot this match because they don't have Kyle for that long. So I think anybody could expect that Riddle is, is going to beat O'Reilly. Uh, and then he has Jeff Cobb on the next night. Again, Cobb's been well protected and involved, but I don't see him at this point as a threat to Riddle, especially not for the WWE Championship. If this were just a, a one-off match, uh, yeah, maybe, but not for the title. So I think Riddle comes out of the weekend still the champion. Sabre kind of paints a more interesting picture when only when you start looking at this uh the way these two titles are presented. If this weren't going on, I would have told you he was beating Ethan page. I don't think it would have made sense otherwise for Sabre to lose to Ethan page, but now I'm kind of questioning. What, what do you think you already told us you're hyped about
1: this match? Yeah. You know, I'm fired up for this and, and, and I do think that Ethan page can win. You know, I think that, I, I really, I'm, I'm inclined to agree with you that before all of this, I would have thought Zack Saber would win this match in a walk. But I think that now, if you're going to have the WWN title as your your one A, and you wanted to sort of differentiate and have that that um, that evolve title be the one B, I think Ethan Page is a perfect person to put it on. I think he's really gaining steam as as a heel when they since they sort of started uh, pushing him as a top villain uh, at Evolve 69 when he ruined Johnny Gargano's farewell to the promotion. And I I think that he would be a really strong candidate to be sort of that that upper mid card on the cusp of the main event guy for a little while until he you know fully evolves into into someone you could put that top belt on in in a promotion and I think part of that that issue is that evolve is very much a promotion for work rate dorks like us like nerds who are really into the in ring action and Ethan Page is more of a sports entertainment, like a sports entertainer, you know, and a promotion full of guys who want to be Brian Danielson. Ethan Page wants to be The Rock, if that makes sense. Um, And so maybe not perfect for that top belt just yet, but I think that, yeah, I think he could win, and I think it would be a good decision even.
2: Yeah, I I agree with you. I agree with a lot of what you said. I'm not a big fan of Ethan Page's in-ring work. I don't think that's a hot take. I I mean, I think (laughs) – uh, a lot of people probably feel that way, but I like Ethan Page a lot. I mean, I enjoy his promos. I love what he does on Twitter. I think he understands what it means to be a star in this era, maybe more than anybody in all of indie wrestling. And he uh, capitalizes on that constantly. And I really appreciate that about him. I'm not, you know, some big old school guy. I'm I'm not Rip Rogers here. but. <laughs> Uh, but I appreciate the way that he kind of handles himself in the business and the way he views it. I get that wrestling is kind of silly, but it's also it's a serious thing. I mean, it's a real business and uh, it's something that I guess if I'm going to spend this much of my life uh, consuming it and talking about it, then I, I, I better take it seriously. Right. Otherwise, I'm wasting time. So, so I agree with you. I think Ethan is a is a good secondary title holder at this point. So if that's what they plan to do, if they want to uh, make WWN title the main thing and make this like the Intercontinental title, I'm totally with you. I think Paige would be great. I do think it's weird to take the belt off Sabre this quickly when he had this kind of slow build up to taking down Thatcher. Uh, it's almost an indictment of how bad the Thatcher thing ended up being by the end. Well, I mean, it's just, it lost steam like a long time ago, like last WrestleMania, it lost steam. And so it's almost an indictment of that, you know, that uh, the guy who finally overcomes them, well, we're already ready to move on. Uh, Now that may have to do with the way the roster has changed and, you know, uh, they're trying to come up with new things and new ways to go. And that's fine. And if that's what it is, I think this is a reasonable way to go Uh, And I will be interested to see where it goes, because we now know that Saber and Riddle are going to meet up at Evolve 86, which we'll talk about like two shows from now. So if that's a big program for the top title, that sounds great. And I'm all in on that. So if Paige uh, does beat Saber on the first night, then on the second night, we get Zack Saber versus Leo Rush in a rematch from the last Evolve shows, uh, but not for the title maybe. And then we get Ethan Page, perhaps defending his title against Donovan Dijak. So these two matches, uh, what are you thinking? Are you excited for those two matches, especially if the title change happens?
1: Not as much as some other people are, I think. I think people, there were. I think they were kind of like split opinion on that last Evolve show where it's like some people thought were really hype. And I I was one of them. I was more hype about, I was more into the Fred High Kyle O'Reilly match. And there were other people who were uh, more into the Zack Saber Jr. Leo Rush match, and that's that's kind of this competition now that's going on between all these dudes at the top of the card uh, for see who's going to have the best matches. And it's about competition, Aaron. It is about competition. The whole promote, <laughs> not just Catch Point. <laughs> all of all is about competition. Yes, yeah, so I think some people were like more into that. I think I know people who are really, probably, really fired up for the Zack Saber Jr. Leo Rush match, and I'm looking forward to it. I think they had a pretty good match, and I enjoyed it. And then Ethan Page versus Donovan Dijak should be. I mean, Donovan Dijak's another dude who who's just sort of an example of they have just brought in so many stars uh, over the last couple of months that are sort of you know leaking out of Ring of Honor and potentially going on to WWE at some point. Where it's like you almost don't know where to put all these guys. You know, I, like I think Donovan Dijak is a dude who, in other circumstances, if he's not coming in with Keith Lee and Kyle O'Reilly and Leo Rush, you just push this dude to the moon. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens here on this weekend. He's going to wrestle Keith Lee the night before in a rematch from their excellent uh, match that they had over WrestleMania weekend. Keith Lee won that first one, so maybe Dijak gets the win back. Who knows? Um, so yeah, I think it'll be. I think what's really fascinating about this is sort of like the multi-layered uh, decision path that can happen over this weekend. It's kind of like we're almost trying to figure out, you know, you know, in the last week of the NFL season, where we're trying to figure out, you know, if so-and-so beats so-and-so and so-and-so loses to so-and-so. It's, it's kind of like that. And so I think that's really exciting. It's it's It kind of sucks that we have to, uh, we can't just do a podcast, you know, at 11 p.m. Saturday night after the first <laughs> right. show to really preview the second show, um, so yeah, I think those will be good. I, I'm not; they're not. I'm not as excited for those matches as some of the other matches, and we'll, I guess we'll we'll talk about that. But yeah, I, I'm am sure they'll be good. Almost everyone on these on this roster and that's working these two shows is you know pretty competent. So yeah, I don't know what are what are your thoughts? I think you probably had maybe have a hotter or more interesting takes on these two matches than I do.
2: Yeah, I'm pretty much with you on that. I really liked the. Uh, O'Reilly and Yehi match the best. That was probably my favorite match of the entire weekend of matches. Uh, but I liked Sabre and Leo Rush. Uh, I mean, I'm a really big Sabre fan, uh, but I do think the best Sabre is when he gets really aggressive, uh, which he's shown more of over the past while than he really had, you know, when I first started watching his matches. Uh, he was recently talking about how much he learned from Yoshinara Ogawa when he was in Noah. And I wonder if he or Ogawa. I'm sorry. I wonder if he picked up uh, some of that from Ogawa. But now, having said that, uh, he did get nasty with with Leo Rush uh, the last time, so it's hard to say why that match just didn't totally connect with me. Uh, But uh, I bet, given a second chance, they'll do uh, a hell of a job this time around. Now on Page and Jack, I really don't know what to expect out of that match. You know, like. Dijak uh, is kind of a super worker in a lot of ways and likes to show off the fact that he's so huge, but how athletic he is. And Page really does more story matches. So I'm not sure how that'll go. Uh, I do think Page is a good base for for flying stuff. So uh, they could still do some fun things with Dijak hitting him to the outside. But it's just hard to say how that's going to go, especially if uh, Page is champion at that point. Um, look, this is a long shot, but I want to ask you anyway. Evolve 86, we're going into Massachusetts. Evolve is teaming up with Beyond Wrestling, which is Dijak's home promotion. Is there any chance Donovan Dijak walks into Evolve 86 as the Evolve champion?
1: No. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's possible, but... I can't imagine them switching the title on two straight nights like that. That hasn't, especially after Thatcher held that belt for so long, to that to cut Saber Junior's reign short like this, to move the title to Page and then to move the, the title to di- DiJack the next night. I, I just don't think that's going to happen, and I don't think they really need to do that to pop a house in, in Massachusetts, especially because they already have that gigantic. They're going to have that huge Riddle Saber Junior match, and we'll talk about that. Uh, as we get closer to it but that's like for me like i mean that's like a battle for the soul of evolve it's such a it's going to be ill right and then <laughs> you know i'm so i'm just getting fired up just thinking about it you know and also that beyond show is going to be loaded too the they as part of the double header because they're going to they announce today that they're going to have matt riddle and keith lee wrestle so i, I think that they're going to be just fine there whether donovan die does or does not win the championship and I don't think he's established and evolved enough to win it. And I, I just, I don't see it happening. Okay.
2: All right. Well, just something that crossed my mind when I saw the that to be like a total later. hater. <laughs>
1: That's
2: okay. That's okay. All right. Now, now Dijak's opponent on the first night is Keith Lee. And I think mm-hmm. the second big story going into this weekend of evolved shows is how the promotion handles and presents Keith Lee. Uh, Maybe a lot more of this is meta than, uh, than I intended. But, uh, you know, that's the fun stuff sometimes. So I wanted to – I guess I'm just concerned. I don't know if concern is the right word, but I, I'm flummoxed by, uh, by the presentation of Lee to this point. When he first showed up and Evolve, uh, to be honest, I wasn't – I knew about Keith Lee. I'd seen him doing tag matches in Ring of Honor, but I didn't realize how good he was. I really didn't. And I kind of fell in love with him immediately. Like, I just thought this guy is amazing, especially when I saw him in Orlando over Mania weekend. I saw him wrestle like three thousand times and I loved every match that he was in. So he shows up in Evolve and he is just punishing people. Right. Uh, I mean, he's presented as as the next big guy. You know, he's staring down Sabre after Sabre wins the title. I'm like, all right, we're getting Sabre versus Lee for the title and it's going to be lit. But instead, Lee has kind of been stuck on the treadmill since then. I, I want to go through his matches so far in Evolve and just to kind of give a full full picture of what he's done. So, all right, Evolve 76, he shows up and he wrestles Chris Hero in his very first match in Evolve. And this is the weekend that is going to be Hero's last weekend in Evolve. Right. So, of course, he can't be Chris Hero. Chris Hero is is the god of Evolve at that point. Right. So no big deal. Also, if you didn't see it, a really weird match because two of the ropes broke during the match. Now, the next night of all 77, he didn't work that match. I don't remember why. I mean, they were in Texas. I don't remember why Keith Lee didn't work uh, that show, but he wasn't there or rather he didn't work. Uh, then of All of 78, he wrestles Zack Sabre Jr. and beats him. This is the night before Sabre wins the title. I mean, it's all set up for Keith Lee to be the next challenger and honestly, probably to destroy Sabre and uh, just kind of run roughshod over Evolve. Uh, The next night he beats Tracy Williams. So still, you know, it looks like we're on that that path. Evolve 80 shows up in Orlando for Mania weekend and loses to Ricochet uh, at Evolve 80. I, I was in the crowd and I was shocked by the result of that match. Uh, I felt like Evolve doesn't need to protect Ricochet. What's the big deal? And Keith Lee, I thought, was headed toward uh, the title, like I said. So I found it weird. The next night, the match with Donovan Dijak. Ah, Great match. One of my favorite matches of the year. At the WWE Super Show, he's in a four-way, and he wins after he destroys Drew Galloway, who is, of course, leaving the promotion. Uh, We don't know that at the time, but Galloway comes out and cuts a promo. Keith Lee comes out and kills him. And I'm like, okay, we're getting back on track. The ricochet thing, no big deal. We're back on track. Then he comes out at Evolve 82. He's matched up with Kyle O'Reilly and he loses to Kyle O'Reilly, which I understand it's Kyle O'Reilly. And then, of course, Evolve 83 beats David Starr. So I just feel like this guy can't get the momentum that he needs in this promotion, or he hasn't so far. What do you Do you think that he's been presented in kind of like the, you know, demolition type guy running over the promotion or you kind of with me that we got a little bit of back and forth
1: going on? Well, it's tough because in the storyline stuff, he's been presented like a huge deal, right? He has come out to save both of the big singles champions over the last weekend. And he's super popular with the crowd. And he's been definitely been treated as a big deal from a storyline perspective, you know, as far as the angles and stuff. And he also, they do have this story going on about whether he will or won't find his his killer instinct, right? You know, that was a big thing. Was he lost to Chris Hero? and Chris Hero told him, "You got to find your killer instinct." Um, and that's how you know. In order to, you know, if you find your killer instinct, you're going to be unstoppable. And he still is, um, you know. And it seemed like he had it with that uh, when when he when he took out Drew Galloway. But then there are other times where he's, you know, a smiley teddy bear. He has this very much this this kind of vibe of of sort of like a benevolent monarch, right? It's tough with the wins and losses. That's one thing I will say is that one thing that makes it challenging in Evolve is that they run pretty much exclusively singles matches. They don't do a ton of four-ways. They don't do a ton of tag matches. And they have their stars on every show. So it's hard to, everyone's going to lose at some point. And if you win two matches in a row in Evolve, like you're pretty much set up for a title match, because that's just the way things work. And, and I think that's one of the things we like about the promotion is that, you know, they just have these singles matches, but it, it makes it so that you can't really hide dudes uh, when you don't want them to take a loss, but you're not quite ready to have them be in the main event right away. Because that's the other thing, too. I imagine that they are saving the big Keith Lee Title matches for for some point down the road, and if you have him, like we said, if you have him win a couple matches in a row, he's set for a title match.
2: Yeah, I so guess I think I guess one thing we should say is that Keith Lee is a contracted talent with Evolve, mm-hmm. so right. And I don't I don't know that it, I can't remember if it's public how long that contract is for, mm-hmm. but if you assume that it's a relatively long term contract, Gabe does know how long he has with this guy, and of course he can heat him up at any moment. So. It's not like he. I don't. I'm not saying that they're killing the guy by any stretch of the imagination. I'm just saying that uh, I don't know. I like him and I want him to win. I mean, I mean that's like an awful <laughs> way to uh, to criticize it, maybe. But I just think he's great, and it started off so strongly, and I'm afraid that he's losing some momentum. Uh, and then I look at this weekend, he gets DiJack, and you know he beat DiJack the first time, so you wonder if they're going to have him. Uh, beat Dijak again. But then the second night, he faces Fred Yehai in what I'm sure will be a great match, but kind of tells me that Keith Lee's not really factoring into anything big this weekend because the match with him and Fred Yehi is not going to play storyline-wise into anything super of note, I'm guessing. So that kind of tells me is probably going to go one and one on this weekend, and he's just going to be there and have two great matches.
1: Perhaps, but who knows what they'll do with him? You know, from from an, an angle perspective, right? Maybe he, maybe maybe there'll be a big angle that sets up what he's doing in in Massachusetts, and New York for the uh, the June the June weekend. But yeah, I don't know. It's it's, it's tough, and I, I definitely think that there's sort of an expectation when you see a guy like Keithley who has tons of talent. He's a giant dude. He does athletic things that are just like shouldn't be possible. You you your sort of initial urge as a as, as a layman fan, is just be like, oh, this dude should never lose. He should just win every single match forever and never lose. We'll see. We'll see. I, I, you like to think uh, that the powers that be have, have a long-term plan, and I'm sure they do. I'm You know, given how big a deal uh, they've, they've made Keith Lee, you know, in the angles and, and, and saving the two big stars from beatdowns, I, I, I'm fairly confident they have something cooking with them, you know, yeah. for down the road.
2: Me too. Uh, it's and my only concern is that I, I just don't see the through line in the matches so far. I, I don't see where we're going.
1: Sure, if I think that's this, a fair. I think that's a fair criticism.
2: Yeah, if it's this killer instinct story, that's fine. But I, I guess I'd want to see him lose a little more uh, from that perspective. Right.
1: I feel like they kind of like started that. It, it's unclear whether they've just sort of dropped that plot line or, or whether that's still happening.
2: Right. So, all right. Well, that's Keith Lee. I think that's going to be an important thing to follow this weekend. And we will see. You know, he works in Beyond, too, so we'll see kind of what uh, they're planning to do with him in Massachusetts and New York uh, for the next weekend of shows. And uh, I'm sure it'll be something exciting. Let's go ahead and talk briefly about all the matches that we haven't talked about yet. We'll get some quick thoughts on what's going to go on. We'll start at the bottom of the cards and work our way up uh, to the ones that we haven't discussed yet, starting with Evolve 84, which, again, is on uh, Saturday 3.30 3.30 in Summit, Illinois, and available on flowslam.tv. Uh, the opening match looks like it's going to be is Leo Rush versus Austin Theory. Do you have any any hot takes about Leo Rush versus Austin Theory?
1: Um, not really. I think it will be like a good, quick match that, uh, that uh, Leo Rush will win. And I, I like Leo Rush a lot. I think he carries himself like a star, and they've already put him in an Evolve title match, and they're putting him in – Perhaps another Evolve title match tomorrow, depending on, or not tomorrow, on Sat on Sunday, rather, uh, depending on what happens Saturday. So, yeah, I don't, you know, it'll be, there'll be some flips. It'll, it it'll be. be cool. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know. What about you? Yeah, I'd, I'd just like to see
2: some more out of Austin Theory. I will say I'd not seen the, the guy wrestle until he came to Evolve, but I just haven't been that impressed so far. Uh, he He's not... Hasn't been I don't want to bury the guy because he's a very young guy and he's new to this promotion. So, you know, I'm not tearing him down. I just think he hasn't been that smooth in the ring in this particular promotion in this run of matches. And I just want to see more out of him. He's got a great look. He's obviously built like a freaking machine and he's clearly athletic. I just I see that he does a lot of good things, but I don't see what he does that makes him stand out among the other guys that do the same things. So, look, if there are great Austin Theory matches out there, send them to me. I would love to watch them. Just haven't seen it yet. Uh, And I worry that he's just going to either end up, continue to be stuck at the bottom of the Evolve cards or going to find his way out of Evolve uh, before too long if he doesn't impress a little more. Uh, The next match is Fred Yehi versus Jason Kincaid. I think this will be a good match, but you know, there's nothing really that getting me excited about it. You feel any differently?
1: No, I think it'll be. A lot of this is like it'll be good, and I don't have yeah. like a, a ton to say. Yeah, there's, re- I, there's I, rarely yeah. anything bad on it right, right. That's like it's especially now that like the grapple fuck era is dead. There's like not yes. much that's like hard to watch. Uh, right. You know, that style a, like wasn't for me, and right. everything else like since that is is pretty smooth and chill and good. Yeah. Uh, following that
2: up is going to be an Evolved Tag Team Championship match. Chris Dickinson and Jocka of Catchpoint with Stokely Hathaway, of course. Uh, they play out an open challenge for any two wrestlers from Freelance Wrestling, and it was answered by the definition, Isaias Velasquez and Marvelous Matt Nix from Freelance. We'll be totally upfront that I don't know a ton about the two Freelance guys, but I have watched some of their matches. Actually, I've seen Matt Nix in person. On one hand, they're a really good pick. For this match because they're both super charismatic and they're both good at making the other guys look good. That's something that I think both of them do really well. Uh, Velasquez is a Chicago guy. He's been around since about 2006 and never really ventured outside of Chicago. Matt Nix is a little newer to wrestling. Not that new, but a little newer and uh, has started recently getting more outside of Chicago. So he's trying to make himself more of a name. I think this will be a good chance for him, but neither of them are big work rate guys, so I'm not sure that they're going to, you know, get themselves over huge uh, in this particular match, but I think they will do a good job of making Dickinson and Jocka look good.
1: Yeah, for sure, and I'm I'm pretty excited about uh, Chris Dickinson and Jocka winning the tag team titles. I like them a lot as a team. I'm a big Chris Dickinson fan. Uh, you know, I'm definitely uh, – leading the charge in the sons of dirty daddy fan club. I, 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 just, I love how vicious he is. I love his facial expressions. There was a moment uh, at the uh, Orlando shows when he was wrestling Timothy Thatcher and he had Thatcher in like a wheelbarrow pos- position and he was walking towards the turnbuckle and he just got this sort of perverse smile on his face uh, as he was about to sort of uh, lift uh, Thatcher and push in, you know, Bang his head against the turnbuckle, and it was just this this great smile, like it was like he was excited about the violence he was going to do, but also like kind of had this look, like almost like Tony Soprano gets when he's like pleased with an idea he's had. It's like kind of like I just thought he communicated his his character. You know, he was just so pleased with himself uh with this bright idea he had, and it was great. I yeah, big 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 uh, Dirty Daddy fan over here. Well, and,
2: for, uh, <laughs> for months now. I'm sorry, for for months now, after every Dickinson match, I've tweeted something like, wow, I like that a lot better than I thought I would. And I finally had to realize this. I like Chris Dickinson matches. I'm into him. He's good. Although I will never like Chris Dickinson enough to ever chant Dirty Daddy. It's just, that's not happening.
1: Uh, I think you got to accept him. There is plenty of room <laughs> in the Sons of Dirty Daddy fan club. And uh, I hope you'll join us. <laughs> All
2: right. H- after that match, uh, it's Tracy Williams versus Jeff Cobb. You're the Tracy Williams guy, so go ahead.
1: Yeah, I got a lot. Yeah, I think that this will be interesting. The the sort of I I, I like what they've done with the Tracy Williams heel turn. Ah, uh, kind of he he's a dude who's like his character has lost uh, his way. You know, he's this sort of um this nose to the grindstone, tightly wound grappler, and. Over time, it seemed that there was this budding jealousy towards Matt Riddle, who was just sort of this preternaturally uh, cool dude, right? He's just a chill bro, uh, and he doesn't have to work at it. And you got the sense that over time, Tracy began to resent him when they were in the the catch point stable together. And even though Williams was the ostensible leader, it was clear to anyone watching that Riddle was the star, the man with the charisma. And so now he's he's sort of – he's trying to – have that cool brand he's, he's he's um they've gone to stokely hathaway to represent him and i think it's a great story it resonates with me i think that and I and mean, if you're listening to this podcast you were you know there's a good chance you were like not uh you know you had to work at being cool at some point in your life uh and, and i think that that resonates you know and sort of so i don't know it'll be interesting to see what happens with tracy williams does he continue going down this path to try to be sort of a a brand and, and, uh, and, and, you know, the catch point trademark, or does he eventually find himself and lean into being uh, the best Tracy Williams he can be. And I think we're going to see that this weekend. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to both of his matches, both against Jeff Cobb. And I think, I think from an in ring perspective, the match the, the next night against Tracy against uh, Kyle O'Reilly is going to be great. I think they are two guys who, who wrestle a similar style, uh, that kind of uh, always attacking catch point style. And I think that's going to be a fantastic match. So, yeah, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to see what happens to Tracy Williams this weekend.
2: All right. I think that covers Evolve 84. Of course, the matches above the ones we just talked about are uh, Keith Lee versus Donovan Dijak. <laughs> Zack Saber Jr. versus Ethan Page, and the main event will be Matt Riddle versus Kyle O'Reilly.
1: which we haven't said much about. Would you like, you know, other than we don't think that Kyle O'Reilly has a has a snowball's chance in hell of winning? Dude, is there anything else you would like? I mean, I think that's going to be, I mean, it's going to be fantastic. These are two elite pro wrestlers, and they're going to. I don't know if more needs to be said, but it's going to well, be no.
2: Here, yes. Here's what I like about this match. I think Matt Riddle has kind of fallen into a malaise of sorts or into a rut of having a lot of similar matches. And I think Kyle O'Reilly is the perfect guy to pull him out of that and get him back to what he was doing kind of when he started getting really good, which I know was almost from day one. But I want to see him go back to that a little more. And I think when O'Reilly starts kicking the hell out of him, that it's going to wake Riddle up to, to go after those same kind of things. I just want to see these guys kick each other over and over and over again and i think that's probably what we're gonna get
1: yeah i do think that you're right matt riddle can fall into that sort of and a lot of dudes when you were uh, that, that sort of like that pwg style wrestling yeah, where like everyone's exactly. there to have a good time and um i want to see dudes kick each other in the face and and, and really bring it so I, I think it's gonna be yeah i think we're both hoping for the same thing
2: yeah i'm sure we'll talk a lot about that match uh, yeah. when we come back for the next episode to review these shows Okay, moving on to Evolve 85. Uh, again, this is on Sunday. It's at 8 p.m., interestingly, going right up against the WWE pay-per-view. And uh, it's in Livonia, Michigan. All right, the first match of the night is a shine showcase, Allison K versus Priscilla Kelly. And I think the only thing I can possibly talk about here is what is going on with Priscilla Kelly and Evolve <laughs> Someone
1: tell me. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely time to advance this storyline. I think like yes. like we've been seeing Priscilla Kelly come out for for months now in the middle of Darby Allen and and uh and Austin Theory's matches and she uh she makes some uh, lust she makes like some lusty faces and she, you know, uh she rubs she rubbed Austin Theory on the chest, I believe, at at the show in Brooklyn and uh yeah, I don't. I don't know. I, clearly, she's scouting them, and I, I would imagine there's, I mean, there's some sort of group or pairing coming. But I think it's been enough of just sort of like her scouting the talent, and I'm ready to like see where this is going.
2: If she's gonna be around, she can really only be attached to Austin Theory, you know, unless they just totally change everything up. So I don't know. Maybe during uh, Leo Rush and Austin, the- I don't know. I just want something to happen after that. Speaking of Austin Theory. Chris Dickinson and Jaka are going to have a non-title match, this time against Jason Kincaid and Austin Theory. Uh, you know, again, I expect this will be a solid uh, three-star match and be
1: right down the middle of the road, and, but it'll be good, and I will enjoy it. Yeah, and it's like a continuation of the, the ongoing feud between the, uh, the catch-point boys and the high flyers over whose style of wrestling is, is best. Um, I don't know those kinds of feuds of like who's who's better flyers or grapplers style like that doesn't really totally click with me um, but I am I am a fan of a uh, big Jason Kincaid fan I uh, I love his sort of like uh, his gimmick of sort of being a a yoga hippie who is masking deep internal pain
2: uh, we've talked about Fred Yeha and Keith Lee <laughs> Yeah, <we> did. <laughs> next match I expect that to be great uh, we've talked about Ethan Page and Donovan Dijak uh, we didn't totally touch on or no you talked a lot about Kyle O'Reilly and Tracy Williams. Yeah. So I think well, Sabre and Leo Rush, again, I guess we're leaving out Matt Riddle on this show. I feel bad for yeah. the King of Bros, but the yeah. main event on Sunday night will be Matt Riddle versus Jeff Cobb and it may or may not be for the WWN championship match. These guys again have a lot of similarities. Now I know Jeff Cobb and Kyle O'Reilly aren't that similar, but Matt Riddle, you know, to be to have such a simplistic gimmick uh, to, or for his gimmick to be a simplistic man, he does in the ring contain some multitudes. So he's he's got a similar style to Kyle Raleigh but he also can work a similar style to Jeff Cobb. And so if they don't try to have a PWG match, and if they don't try to have that terrible Jeff Cobb Tim Thatcher match from Texas,
1: then uh, this is something else that could be special. Yeah, I think it'll be a good match. I. I... Their first match they had in Evolve wasn't, like, super-duper exciting. It was pretty short, uh, and Jeff Jeff Cobb won it. Right. It was, uh, I believe his Evolve debut. Um, and so, yeah, I think that that'll be – yeah, I think it'll be good. And I, I hope that they, like, sort of give us a bit of a longer, you know, more in-depth match. But, yeah, I'm looking forward to it.
2: All right. Well, that covers the cards for the weekend. Uh, we're just about done here. The last thing I want to ask you, Aaron, before we go is if you could pick one thing that you're most excited for this weekend, let me hear it now.
1: Well, uh, the haters can eat it. <laughs> but I am fired up for Zack Sabre Jr. versus Ethan Page. They've been telling the story of Ethan Page tormenting our sweet, woke boy for seven months. And, uh, and I just I hope that uh, Zack Sabre Jr. shoves it up his ass. You know, I, It's been a great story of any time Zack Sabre Jr., you know, gets a moment of triumph whether it's winning two weekend two matches in a row and a weekend all the way back in October or winning his title uh, from Zach, from uh, Timothy Thatcher. Uh, Ethan Page has been out there with the gatekeepers to terrorize him, and uh, I think Ethan Page has really grown into this role of being this this sort of uh, this egotistical sadist and and also the other thing too about Ethan Page I don't think he gets enough credit for if you give him a match that has a story in it and a chance to sink his teeth into that. I think he's great in the ring. I, in the ring. I think that I really enjoyed uh, the match that Zack Sabre Jr. and Ethan Page had back in San Antonio, where uh, Zack Sabre Jr. had him in the triangle, and it seemed that uh, Sabre had won the match, but uh, it was overturned because he refused to give up the hold, and he was disqualified. Uh, but yeah, and they, they had a lot of... That was a really fun match, and now the intensity is only going to be ratcheted up more after... Uh, you know, four more months of, of build. And I think there's a chance Ethan Page could win. I, I don't. Uh, there's not much more you can ask for. I am stoked for this match. And uh, I hope now that I've gone out on a limb that they won't lay an egg.
2: <laughs> it's always what we hope for. Uh, my most anticipated match of the weekend has to be the Keith Lee versus Donovan Dijak rematch. They had what is... Uh, still one of my, well, it's only May, but one of my top five easy matches of the year so far. Now, is there some live bias in that? Probably, but it was great. And I want to see, I'm going to definitely watch that match back before uh, their match this weekend, because I guarantee they're going to have some callbacks and uh, play off of what they did the first time. My understanding, i that's the first time I've, see, I've seen the match. But my understanding is, you know, they kind of travel with this match a little. So my guess is they've got a lot of good ideas of ways to differentiate from match to match for people who haven't seen it a hundred times. So I couldn't be more excited uh, to see what they pull out. So I think that's it uh, for the first episode of everything evolves. I want to thank everyone for joining us. We will be back early next week to uh, review these shows as quickly as we can uh, so that you can have uh, our reactions And like Aaron said earlier, we can be that companion for you, especially if uh, you're not 100% familiar with Evolve. Even if you are, I bet we'll throw in some things that you haven't thought of that didn't stick out to you uh, during the weekend. So uh, once again, I'm Aaron Bentley. Uh, For Aaron Taub, we are Everything Evolves, part of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network, and we'll
0: see you next week. Here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old?